TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming. This is going to be a live recording of the Touch Em All podcast, a Friday Q&A. We do these every week on my Facebook page, um, Derek Wetmore MLB. If you're watching us on YouTube or Periscope, 1500 ESPN, hi and welcome. Um, if this is your first time, you leave a comment on my Facebook page and I get to you as quick as I can. A lot of times that turns into me saying it'll be rapid fire Q&A and I talk for 25 minutes about Williams Astadio. But that's the fun that we have on this podcast, and um, if you are if you jump in late, whatever, obviously you can always catch the replay on the Touch Em All feed on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys go for podcasts. So if your boss walks by while you're watching this and you need a quick exit out of it, totally cool. You can always catch the replay. Um, I'm Derek Wetmore. For those of you who don't know, if you're from 1500 ESPN, maybe you do. We're going to talk twins for as long as you want to. Um, free agents speculation. I've got some trade targets. We've talked about all, all of this stuff on Twin Shows previously, but we're. Uh, I, I kind of want your take on it because I've had my opinion out there on guys like Josh Donaldson, Marwin Gonzalez, Jerry's Familia, Nelson Cruz, trade targets like Zach Granke, JT Ralmuto, uh, a lot of players that the Twins can and should be considering this winter. I kind of want to hear from you guys what you think. So that's what this show is going to be today. We'll go through some of the stories we've done this week. And uh, I want your uh, white-hot speculation, whether it's trades or free agents. We'll get into all of it on this show. Um, I'm going to have my Facebook page open here so that I can see if you've got your questions. I see Craig's in here. Craig, let me know if you still can't hear this. Um, said there's a sound problem, but I think that was before we went hot with the mics. See other people... Yep, I see a couple coming in from Facebook and from Twitter. I see Laurent, A.S., and Darren on the Twitter machine. Craig, all right, cool. Craig says he can hear just fine, so we got gotcha. you. Awesome. That means it's working. There's always that moment before you go live with new recording software where you think, um, I think this is going to work. <laughs> I think probably, maybe. And in this case, I guess we got lucky. So uh, let's go over some of the MLB trade rumors. That's where the headline of this piece came from, actually. Uh, we wrote, Marwin Gonzalez, Nelson Cruz, and Jerry's Familia. Should the Twins be interested? That's not random. We didn't pull that out of thin air. That was... MLB Trade Rumors projection for who the Twins should sign. They did their annual top 50 free agents, and in that post they had 50 predictions, which is kind of insane when you think about it. What the batting average of that would be, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the weighted on base average of that post would be either, but they have the Twins taking three of the top 50 free agents, and they linked them with about a dozen more. So we could, throw, we could just throw out all those names if you guys want to. 
Um, but I'm also seeing a couple coming in here that will have some definite hashtag takes for us to go through on this video. Let's see here. I just want to get all of the names out in front of you guys so that we can come to some kind of consensus. The three that we'll probably spend the most time on are Gonzalez, Familia, and Cruz. But I'm seeing a lot of other people come in with some suggestions too, so don't want to ignore those. The other guys that MLB Trade Rumors sort of loosely suggested for the Twins, Patrick Corbin, yes please, Craig Kimbrell, Yasmani Grandal, Josh Donaldson, Zach Britton, Jed Lowry, Daniel Murphy, DJ LeMayhew, and then they kind of sort of mentioned Irvin Santana. Not 100% sure you need Santana in his current form. But let's jump right into the Facebook comments. Ricky Phelps says, clone Astadio. All right. I think that would clear up some of the catcher problem that you're going to have. I call it a problem, quote-unquote problem, because Jason Castro is on a repaired knee. How many games is he going to catch? The Twins say it's going to be a normal offseason for him. You go into spring training and what you're expecting him to be the starting catcher, I guess. But that's that's pretty daring uh, from my perspective. Mitch Garver had a concussion at the end of last year, didn't catch towards the end of the season. Maybe that was just a roster fit thing. Maybe he's going to be perfectly fine. Um, but through the combination of Castro, Garver, and Astadio, I think all three of them have fair question marks surrounding them right now. So I don't know that you'd feel real confident. But if you clone Astadio, as Ricky's suggesting, maybe that goes a little ways to uh, shoring up that position. Quality and quantity. Um, Craig says, how about getting Carlos Gomez back? That makes me want to go get the Carlos Gomez cutout from the prep room. I'm not sure I'm going to have time to go run over and grab the six foot five, larger-than-life Carlos Gomez cutout. Um Gomez could make some sense, Craig, but I want to temper that expectation because at this point he's sort of a corner bat with some pop from the right side of the plate. And that's fine. It's not that he's not a good player, and certainly he brought some value last year. But if you're the Twins, wouldn't you rather sort of just go in the Major League minimum pool with Jake Cave, um, Max Kepler, say we'll probably figure out our corner spot that way, or – do what I've been suggesting and get crazy and sign Bryce Harper and figure out the rest of the outfield mix later. Um, short of that, I think I think those are sort of your two options. It would be surprising to me, although I let's go down this path. What if the Twins signed a guy like Michael Brantley to a good contract, but not a mega, you know, three hundred fifty plus million dollar contract? If you just get a Michael Brantley to be a productive veteran corner bat holds down a corner outfield spot, that's perfectly fine. It probably means then you'd be trading either a Max Kepler or an Eddie Rosario or, I mean, Jake Cave. There's not going to be – you wouldn't go into spring training with six players that you thought would be starting outfielders for you. I, I don't see that being the case. Um, but if you go the Brantley route, it probably means you're moving on from somebody else. Um Gomez, to me, falls like short of that 
Brantley, I, I don't think that's a hot take. He falls short of what Michael Brantley would bring in 2019. And at that point, not sure you pay to make that upgrade. But I guess I wouldn't rule it out. Um, the Twins, over the past couple of years, actually, Craig, have brought in some outfield depth for spring training. Um, I just think with the way Jake Cave played last season, you kind of trust him for at least something. You're going to get something out of that spot at a very minimum. Like, that's your floor is what does Jake Cave give you over 600 plate appearances. So if you can raise that floor without spending $10 million to do it, then that's great. I think you should do it. I'm going to jump over to Twitter here. I do see um, Craig, Anthony, Mike, and Leland, and Sam. Um, So I will get to your guys' Facebook questions here too. While you guys are in the Facebook chat, do me a favor. Throw either a like or a share on that so that way we can increase our audience size by one friend. I don't know who that's going to be. Maybe Phil. (laughs) Phil, are you on the stream? No? Okay, all right. Vote of confidence. Um, All right, so I see a couple of questions on Facebook, and I'm going to mute this guy. When I said, uh, here's the Facebook link, come join us, the people that said no uh, just got muted. So there there was two. Oh, three of those. That works out quite nicely. I'll never have to deal with them again. Um, Okay, so I see Darren... Uh, is it Laurent and Tom? Uh, let's see here. Darren says, please no Nelson Cruz. Full-time DH just blocks people. So let's get into the trade rumors. MLB trade rumors picked, uh, like I mentioned at the top, Gonzalez, Familia, and Cruz. And Cruz was, to me, the most curious fit. The Twins are going to need a first baseman. Joe Maurer retired. And they don't really have a designated hitter. And, I mean, and that's coming from the Robbie Grossman guy. If you could upgrade at that spot, you would. I don't know what Nelson Cruz is going to cost. Trade rumors, I think, put him at two years and $30 million, if I remember correctly. That's a little aggressive to bet on a 38-year-old bat, who, don't get me wrong, has been excellent. Here, I pulled, I'm pulled. i working on a column for 1500ESPN.com, and I've got some stats here for you. Uh, so, Nelly Cruz... So he made his first All-Star game in 2009, believe it or not. And since then, here are his numbers. 277 with a 345 on base, which is basically what Joe Maurer was last year, and a 528 slugging. He's averaged 40 homers a year over the past five seasons. And over those 10 seasons since that All-Star game, 328 bombs, which is crazy. You'd stretch out over that entire decade, and he's averaged 140 games a season, so he's a durable guy. And I would expect that to continue even into his you know, his late 30s here because, let's face it, he's a DH. He's going to either hit bombs, strike out, or draw a walk. Um, so there's a lot to like as Nelson Cruz, totally underrated kind of star player over the last decade. And still, I think you got to look at some of the normal aging curves that would go into a hitter like that. He's not going to provide defensive value. He is just a hired bat. Um, If he can hit 40 home runs two years in a row, I'll pay you whatever you want for that in that DH spot. But I don't necessarily see that 350 on base continuing and 40 home runs a year. I think that would just be such a tall ask for a 39-year-old hitter. Um, 
and then there's not much to fall back on. Where, like, as Byron Buxton, obviously two totally different players, if Byron Buxton doesn't hit for a three fifty on base with 25 homers, at least you know you have something to fall back on that you can still get some value. With Cruz, you don't have anything to fall back on if he doesn't hit. So um, I put in the column that hasn't been published yet as of this recording. I say he's better than a better hitty a better hitter than Robbie Grossman, and I like Robbie Grossman. So uh, if it's for a short-term contract to fill a need at DH, then I think that's perfectly fine and could make sense for the Twins. If it's more than that, it seems to me the team has more pressing needs to address. So that's what Darren was getting at, too, there on Twitter. It doesn't bother me that he blocks people because I don't really care who he's blocking. I mean, if Tyler Austin's going to be a major leaguer, He's going to force his way into the starting lineup as either a first baseman or DH. Um, other than that, like it wouldn't offend me if you block Robbie Grossman. It wouldn't offend me if you're taking away, let's say, Max Kepler loses playing time um, and he needs some DH at-bats or something. Well, he's going to have to earn those at-bats. Same for Miguel Sano. If he's not a third baseman and he's not your first baseman, then you shouldn't have to apologize for taking at-bats away from him because he's no longer the superstar player that you thought he was going to be. So I think that's that's the one of the three, Darren, that I think I disagreed with the most just because, I mean, Marwin Gonzalez would help you. He's sort of that Eduardo Escobar type. Um, Familia would obviously help you. You need to improve your bullpen. But Nelson Cruz, to me, doesn't seem like a great fit for the Twins. I see uh, Leland, Sam, Taylor, Anthony, Mike with questions on Facebook, so we'll hop back over there. Gomez did that one. Oh, I saw Craig's earlier. we got to get to that. Uh, Craig says, I read that Goldschmidt could be available. Would look great in a TC hat. I totally agree with you, Craig. Um, I sent out an email to the radio staff here this morning about some trade targets, like shoot the moon trade targets for the Twins. And Goldschmidt, he's only got one year, $14.5 million left in Arizona. I think he's like 31. So he'll become a free agent next year. But can you imagine a better bat to add to the middle of that lineup? Um Instantly hitting third for you, unless you also sign Bryce Harper, in which case then they just tug a war for it. But having that perennial NL MVP, just fixing first base, no questions asked, no problem, 160 games, um, you know, he's like 150 weighted runs created plus. That's a huge bat to throw into the middle of it. I think he was like a five-win player last year, according to Fangraphs, and he's just a superstar. He maybe doesn't get talked about as much as some of the other superstars in the game, but he's absolutely on that short list of franchise play, um, like franchise changing players. And if you add him, that solves your Miguel Sano question. He's a third baseman. Goldschmidt plays first um, on days that he DHs or whatever. Sano can play first. Tyler Austin could get in there some, but he just changes the trajectory of your offense from has a chance to be middle of the road to could be one of the best in the American League, and that's saying something given some of the offenses in the American League. So, Craig, I'm 100% with you. I don't know what it costs to get one year and uh, $14.5 million on Paul Goldschmidt's contract, but if Arizona is indeed selling off, I'd call him about Granky. 
I'd call him about Goldschmidt. I'd also be interested in their free agents. AJ Pollock um, would be a great addition to the Twins. He'd be in that same Michael Brantley conversation of like good, if not nudging up on great or star caliber outfielder to help the um, just solidify things as much as you possibly can out there. Craig, I'm pinning your comment to the top so people can shoot for the stars. Thanks for setting an example. Um, Anthony says, Corbin and Keuchel are some of the top starting pitchers and legitimate chance the Twins get in on those sweepstakes. Yeah, I mean, I think there should be a legitimate chance that they get in on those. Um, If you're the Twins and you know you need starting pitching and you don't call the agent for Patrick Corbin and Dallas Keuchel, what are you doing? So at the very least, Anthony, I can say they're going to do their due diligence on it. Now, whether they outbid some of the other teams for some of those lefties, that's an open question in my mind because they have more pressing needs. I think if the Twins don't get their first choice on starting pitching, but they do get their first choice at third base, shortstop, second base, first base, catcher, and they feel good about the outfield, that's that's the priority. That has to happen first. Catcher's another question mark, so basically fill in whoever you want as the top priority for any of those. But starting pitching sort of takes a back seat. Now, if you can address all those at the same time in the same winter, awesome. You should definitely do that. Bullpen's going to take higher priority in terms of you need to act on the bullpen, whereas I think the starting rotation is in a spot where you just want to act. I don't think you're compelled to add a top of the rotation, but it would definitely help. And if you're making me pick between those two guys, Anthony, I'd take Patrick Corbin over Dallas Keuchel. Mike wants to know, uh, or doesn't want to know, he wants you to know his opinion that after last year the idea of free agency bores me. How about we just trade a middling prospect for Darvish? I don't know why you'd want to take on that contract right now, Mike, but point well taken that if you're willing to pony up and pay some money for let's let's trade out Darvish for Zach Granke in that case. Granke's far more advanced in age and his fastball dropped to like Clayton Kershaw levels, 91, 92, I think last year. Um, but he still got outs. He was still effective. He was still a swing and miss guy. I would add Zach Granke to the top of that rotation. I think he's, if he's in your rotation in 2019, he's the best starter in it. And I think highly of Jose Barreos. Do you want to, do you want to trade from the top end of your prospect pool? Probably not. I'm not trading Royce Lewis. I'm not trading Alex Kirilov. I'm probably not trading Bruce Dark Graderall. Um, I don't know enough about Wander Javier to know if I'd trade him or not. But, And I think Nick Gordon's going to be a good player in this league. So I, I'm not against trading anyone other than those top probably three guys in my mind. But, like, would you trade – when you say middling prospect, Mike, I want to know who you want to ship out in trades. Um, and give me a couple targets too. Like, I'll go through my quick list here since we're on the topic. Um my list of players that the Twins should target in trades, and this is an incomplete list. I'm, I'm just sort of putting together notes for a column for the future. No particular order here, but I've got four. Didn't I send five guys? I think I've got five players for you. 
which, you know, convenient because that's my bit. Um, all right, five thoughts. Five players that the Twins should trade for this winter or at least, you know, be in consideration for. One of those eat some money deals would be Zach Granke. It's like $31.5 million this year, 32-32. So Zach Granke's on my list. JT Realmuto, obviously we've talked on and on and on about, and I'll continue to talk on and on about. But I think that trading for the two years of team control left on JT Realmuto makes all kinds of sense for the Twins, given where they're at. I think that we talked about Paul Goldschmidt earlier. He'd make a ton of sense, and I'd be willing to give up a real prospect for him, even though it's only one year before he walks in free agency. The other name on this list is James Paxton, the lefty from uh, Seattle's rotation, obviously. I wrote in here, a.k.a. the bald eagle whisperer, because he's the guy whom at Target Field uh, the anthem was playing and the bald eagle was supposed to uh, fly to the infield, and instead it went and landed on Paxton standing out in the left field. And he didn't flinch. He just stood there like a boss. And this giant bird of prey perched on his shoulder, and he's like, all right. So... He won me over from that moment. He's a four-plus service time player, too, so you'd have two years control of Paxton. Um, Good, not great ERA, but his peripherals looked a little bit better. Swing and miss guy, strikeout rate um, up there in sort of that second tier of best starters. He's not not Chris Sale, maybe, but um, he is a great starting pitcher. And the last trade candidate on my list uh, you heard some noise about last year, too. Raysel Iglesias, the Reds' closer. I'm going to see if I can find quickly for you guys the... the numbers for Paxton. I had them on my notes sheet here. There it is, Twins Show. Yeah, um, like I mentioned, the peripherals maybe a little bit better than what his ERA was last year, but still, he would be the best starting pitcher in Minnesota's rotation. 32-plus percent strikeout rate, which was fifth in the big, so I maybe even undersold his strikeout abilities. Um, And then, as mentioned, clearly has 80-grade composure for letting a bald eagle land on his shoulder and not moving an inch. Um, So... That would be my list of trade guys, Mike, to uh, just kind of circle back on your original thing. Trading for you, Darvish, probably not in the cards at this point, given what he's owed, how much is left on that contract, and what happened in year one for the Cubs. But um, I would not be opposed to trading good, you know, high-level prospects right now. All right, we'll take one more from Twitter. The uh, <laughs> the Pensacola Blue Wahoos Twitter account asked a question on here, so I feel like i got to give it to them. He said, who is your favorite new Twins affiliate for 2019? Assume that we're talking minor league affiliates here, in which case i got to say it's double A Pensacola. I didn't know where Pensacola was when uh, I heard that the Twins were getting a new affiliate, replacing uh, Chattanooga Lookouts, which was a great name, by the way. Um, I knew Southern League. Okay, fine, familiar with that. Where is Pensacola? Because got some ties in Florida, wanted to kind of figure out 
how regularly I was going to be making that trip. Turns out it's on the complete other side of the state from where my ties are, which is perfectly fine. I'd still like to get a game down there sometime. Uh, not sure if it'll be this summer or what, but to answer your question, it's got to be Pensacola. Walked right into that one. Um, let's see. Laurent wants a trade for Carlos Santana and signing uh, Gio Gonzalez. Also likes Marwin Gonzalez as a second or shortstop and Nelson Cruz as a DH. Uh, a couple of people on our staff I know are hot to trot on Carlos Santana, and with two years, $40 million left, um, he'd basically be like a slight upgrade to what Joe Maurer gave you, in my opinion, over the next two years, and you'd be paying him just a little bit less. So I don't know that that's really a trade-off I'd want to make. If I've got $60 million to spend if I'm the Twins, um, well, first of all, I already told you I'm looking for Bryce Harper. Second of all, once that's resolved, I would probably be aiming a little bit higher than what Carlos Santana can give you. I think um, you don't think about it going from zero to Carlos Santana. You think about it going from uh, what, Mitch Garver to Carlos Santana. Because if Garver needed to slide over, play first base, just be a hitter for you, what's that gap that exists? And are you willing to pay $19.5 million for that gap and a two-year commitment? I'm personally probably not. So um, the Carlos Santana one to me, I wouldn't run from it, but I'm also not sprinting towards that deal. Um, Gio Gonzalez, haven't spent a lot of time thinking about him this winter. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez as a second or shortstop, I got to see more defensively. And I'm not saying that he can't play. I'm just saying, like, I sort of compare him in my head to an Eduardo Escobar who's like, you could play him at third base. You could play him at shortstop, but I didn't think he was particularly good there. I didn't think he was value-added. I, I think his value came from the fact that he could hit and play all those positions at least reasonably well. So anyway, I don't know. That's kind of a long way of saying I want to see more from Marwin Gonzalez, but it is a l maybe it's not telling. I shouldn't even say that. I was about to say that it's telling that he'd play a lot of left field for the Houston Astros, but then again, the Astros have Carlos Correa at shortstop, and they have... Um, Jose Altuve at second base. Oh, and a guy, Alex Bregman at third base, who's pretty darn good too. Uh, worth noting that Gonzalez filled in for Altuve when he was hurt, filled in for Correa when he was hurt. So the Astros feel like in a pinch at least, they uh, would put him in those positions. But if you're going to sign him to a four-year, five-year deal, have him be your starting shortstop, that one I'm not as sold on. I I'm just not sure. Nelson Cruz is a DH. Yeah, I think that would be. Just to answer the final point there, I think that would be his landing spot, obviously. Let's see, what else? All right, if we got any new people on Facebook, give us a like or throw a share or a heart emoji or a laugh cry emoji. I don't really care. Throw something on there to trick the Facebook algorithms into thinking that uh, people are watching this video. Leland asks, Leland's always got some thought-provoking questions and says, favorite non-sports Twitter follow? That's a great one. Let me think. Because I've got my... I use TweetDeck, so I mean, I'm always... 
I'm looking. I think of Twitter in terms of columns. I don't think of it as this giant rush. It's a little overwhelming. Uh, the tabs up on my screen right now are Twins, uh, my notifications tab. Um, I've got one for the station here. Uh, so that's just the the group of people at 1500 ESPN. I got Timberwolves, and then I got NBA. That's just what's on my screen right now. If I scroll left or right, I'd see different ones. Um, gosh, favorite non-sports Twitter follow. Let me scroll through here. Leland, you've stumped me. The problem is I use Twitter so much, it's it's... I use it for my job, so I'm always thinking of it in work mode. Um, you know what, Leland? I, I hate to cop out. Let me think on that. I'm going to send you a, a note later after I've collected my thoughts because nobody's jumping to mind right now. Um, I don't follow a ton of people <laughs> that that aren't for sports, which that's probably – says a little more about me than I care to admit. All right, Sam's got a question here. Sam says, will the Twins not spend as much this season because of Buxton and Sano? And he continues, meaning the Twins will look um, outfield, Oh, they'll look to see if uh, Buxton and Sano can produce, and if they can, then they'll spend more in the 2019 offseason, not trying to sound confusing. No, I, I get what you're saying, Sam. Are the Twins going to keep their powder dry before diving headfirst into the free agent pool because they don't know what they're going to get from Buxton and Sano? And it's a fair question. I look at it the other way. I look at it as more important to spend this winter because you don't have certainty surrounding Byron Buxton Miguel Sano, Max Kepler, even Jorge Polanco, but to a to a lesser extent with Polanco. I think that's more important to spend. Um, you'd look at a guy like Josh Donaldson, whereas if Miguel Sano beasted in 2018 and showed you that, yep, can stay in shape, super durable, 150-plus games at third base, looked great, left, right, coming in, charge plays, arm plays, everything was great then you wouldn't even consider sending Josh Donaldson. You'd be like, all right, well, maybe as a DH, I guess. But you have to, in my opinion, because of those underperformances, that I would call them underperformances, I think that's fair, because of those for Buxton, for Sano, you got to jump back in those waters. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to get A.J. Pollock and put him in center field and just forget about Byron Buxton, but it does mean that you should consider a guy like Michael Brantley or... Um, who are some of the other names on that list? Um, maybe you'd consider, well, Bryce Harper's the big one. Um, you wouldn't be worried about logjam with Bryce Harper now, would you? There are a number of players that I think you'd got to consider. Josh Donaldson and Michael Brantley would be on my list because of Buxton and Sano's struggles. Whereas if those guys were both awesome all-star players and you're just like, oh, franchise is in good hands those those two guys are going to hold down the fort i think you'd be much less compelled to have to spend a lot of money this winter so sam i think actually your question's definitely valid but i think of it the other way around i think that 
those underperformances are going to make you surround them with talent this winter. All right, here's an interesting one. Benjamin says, if the Mets offer you DeGrom and want Lewis and Kirilov, what's your answer? Before I say no, well, no. I'm not trading those two guys for DeGrom. But I was going to say, I want to see what DeGrom's contract is. I'll look it up while we're on this video, just so that there's some finality to it. But no, I mean, I'm not trading two guys who I think could be cornerstone-type players for one starting pitcher who can't even win 20 games. I'm just kidding. DeGrom made $7.4 million last year. He's 4-plus. Let's see. So he got one year of arbitration raise. I'm trying to figure out his contract here exactly. I'm on uh, Baseball Prospectus, and he's got, let's see, drafted. Oh, so he could have, he might. he's already had two arbitration raises, but it looks to me like he might be a super two, so that would be his third. Does that mean he's got two more raises coming his way before free agency? Yeah, I'm not trading two years of an ace pitcher granted, for two guys that I think could potentially be, you know, five-win players at, uh, like, median expectation. I, I think that both of those two guys, if you're willing to um, make that trade, I don't think you think as highly of those guys as I do. And ben- Benjamin, I'm all for playing right now. I think 2019, absolutely go for it. But, um, yeah, that price just isn't comparable to me. Ernest says, go get Blake Snell. Well, that'll be tough. John says, has anybody signed yet in MLB in general, um, or is it going to be similar to last year? Well, John, it won't be similar to last year, I don't think, because teams like the Yankees are going to get out there and spend. But I also, I mean, Eduardo Escobar signed, so there's that. I don't think it's going to stretch. Excuse me. I don't think that it'll stretch into spring training the way that it did last year, at least not for as many guys. Sam says, thank you, my man. You got it. Benjamin wants a counteroffer for the DeGrom trade. Uh, Two years, Jacob DeGrom. Call that. Um, Steven Gonzalez, Adalberto Mejia, and a good prospect. And if I'm the Mets, I'd say, no, that's okay. Patrick wants to know, have the Twins hired new coaches to replace the ones fired? Uh, well, I got some news from yesterday, actually. The... Twins, and I'm actually going to check my email right now. I haven't gotten the press release confirming, but I have it on good authority. Got it on good authority that the Twins are close to uh, agreeing to terms with their new pitching coach. Um, Dan Hayes of The Athletic reported yesterday that Wes Johnson was leaving Arkansas to be the Twins' new pitching coach. 
And um, I followed that up. I I heard that a guy who used to work in their sort of front office slash field staff is taking over as the bullpen coach. Jeremy Hefner has worked with the Twins for the better part of two seasons and was um, he's one of their advanced scouts, but also very heavily involved in video. Jeremy Hefner, if you recognize the name, he's the guy who was a pitcher for the Mets for a couple of years. And he, uh, from everything I've heard, very well respected behind the scenes in terms of how he prepares specifically the pitching staff. But yeah, he, he's been an advanced scout. He's going to replace Eddie Guardado as the bullpen coach. And uh, Wes Johnson leaving the college ranks I think, I think, and I, I have to figure this out, but I'm pretty sure that Wes Johnson is the first pitching coach, at least in recent memory, to go from the college ranks directly to the major leagues. And so once the Twins make that higher, it it sets up a pretty interesting pitching group, I would say. They hired a guy from Duke last year to work as the minor league pitching coordinator. Um, and... That that shows me that they've got their eyes on the college game and saying, like, okay, how can we pick the best and brightest from those ranks? Um, so anyways, to answer your question, um, Patrick, it was Patrick who asked on Facebook, they have hired two new coaches, and I'm working on trying to figure out what the rest of the staff is going to look like. Hopefully we'll have those answers for you soon, and uh, as soon as I do, I'll be able to report them. Um Ernest says, what about Chris Archer? I think they had their chance at Chris Archer. And uh, once the Pirates made a huge offer, what I consider to be a huge offer, I think it's fairly fairly safe to say that the Twins won't be jumping back into those waters just because what the Pirates gave up to get him from Tampa was such a big haul, in my personal opinion. It would have been like giving up like Max Kepler, Fernando Romero, and a good prospect whoa so that's fair that that you weren't able to match that asking price but i think now that he has been traded i I don't see that coming back up for the twins Ernest. let's see we got a few more left all right tom has a retort when i said uh nelly cruz Maybe a little too old as a, you know, multi-year commitment DH. Um, Tom fairly points out on Twitter, worked pretty well in 2010 with Jimmy T. Uh, and now Jim Tomey's a Hall of Famer. Were you guys bummed that uh, Jim Tomey didn't wear a Twins cap to Cooperstown? I thought he should have given it some thought. Uh, Casey does not like the MLB trade rumor suggestion of Marwin Gonzalez, J. Reese Familia, and Nelson Cruz. He says gross. JJ says, depending on the contract length and size, um, is this for Cruz? Oh, yeah, for Nelson Cruz. Uh, Cruz is the aging star that refuses to age, a la David Ortiz with Bull Sox. Dude continues to be near the top in exit velo and home runs per plate appearance, one to two years, even as a DH only. I'm all in. We used Robbie Grossman and Lomo last year, 
and then three confused emojis. Um, so that's that. And then JJ adds, too, on Marwin Gonzalez can play every position on the infield and corner outfield. Legit middle-of-the-order bat with the right opportunity. He was a big X factor for the Astros the last few years. He'll be 30 in March, but we can get him on a two- or three-year deal. I'm in. So Marwin Gonzalez was projected by MLB Trade Rumors, JJ, to get a four-year deal. I think it was $36 million. Call it $40 million. Would you pay that guy $10 million a year to be your number, what, what would be your number six, number seven hitter, something like that, and on, on a great team? When you say X-Factor, you're 100% right. In fact, I think he was a bigger part of that 2017 World Series team than a lot of people realize. I mean, he just brought so much to the table. But the counterpoint, that was his career year. I mean, that was the best season that he has had and uh, not real close. That year, I'm reading from my column here now, JJ, my uh, yet-to-publish column. He hit 303 with a 377 on base and a 530 slugging, 23 homers and 93 or uh, 90 RBIs. So that's huge. That's a superstar, especially if you're playing shortstop, um, even reasonably well. You'd absolutely pay $10 million a year for a player like that. And I don't even care that you give him a deal into his mid-30s. That's fine. Um, the problem being, when you look a little broader at the picture, instead of focusing on his 2017 awesome season, um, in which he was a legit star, over the past three years, here are his numbers, JJ. 268 with a 331 on base, 445 slugging. So 52 homers over those three seasons puts into a little better context, I think, the type of hitter he is and can be. I really look at him pretty similarly to what Eduardo Escobar was for the Twins. Absolutely, you want an Eduardo Escobar on your team. In fact, I think the Twins probably wanted to reunite with Eduardo Escobar in some form um, before the Diamondbacks snatched him up. But... The question is not, is Marwin Gonzalez a good player? It's, do you want Marwin Gonzalez to be your top priority in free agency? And for me, I can't go there. For me, you got to aim higher with, I've said it before, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, get told no on those guys. Then it's your Patrick Corbins, it's your trade candidates, your JT Realmuto, your Paul Goldschmidt, your Zach Rankies, whatever. I don't think that Marwin Gonzalez is a bad player. I don't think that. Adding him would be a problem for the Twins. I think that if he's the biggest move that you make this winter, it could be a disappointing winter. I mean, unless they're going for the quantity over quality approach like they tried last year um, that didn't work. I don't think that um, I don't think that Marwin Gonzalez takes you from 78 wins to the playoffs. Um, Cyrus on Twitter says, would like, yeah, he says, I do like this. He's talking about Gonzalez, Familia Cruz would like it, but some pitching would be nice. I can guarantee that the twins will do something about pitching this winter. That is a stone cold fact. It might not trade for Jacob deGrom or Blake Snell, but they will do something about their pitching staff this winter. I checked my email, by the way, to see if the Twins had that uh, announcement out, and maybe they're not ready to announce their pitching today. But I feel good about the report. Um, the Twins coaching staff 
we'll get a new look and it'll be before too much longer. Um, don't have the whole staff pieced together yet. I don't, I'm saying. But I think that uh, there's got to be some movement on that sometime soon. I mean, the the uh, winter meetings are coming up in like two and a half or three weeks or whatever. So giddy up. Checking on time. We still got a little bit of time. Let's keep rolling on this. I was checking like our streaming equipment, and I want to make sure it's not overheating. We're using new software. Looks fine to me. Let's jump back into the Facebook comments. I see them in piling up while I was away. John, Jack, Dave, Will, um, Todd, I see a few of them in here, so let's get... I probably got about 10 minutes left, I'd say. Hold me to that. John says, I kind of like the move from what I read because he's known for building velocity in his pitchers plus the other great traits he has. You're talking about Wes Johnson, the new pitching coach, soon-to-be new pitching coach. Yeah, I, I don't know much about him, to be honest with you, other than uh, you know small conversation, little snippets here. I know he's well-respected. I saw our friend uh, Seth Stowe's share on Twitter the other day that he talked with Brent Rooker, who uh, would have the Wes Johnson connection, obviously, and had a ton of respect for him. That's kind of what I've heard. I'm always tempering that because... Not a ton of people would reach out as a guy starting a new job and bash him, but everything, every touch point that I've had talking with people about what that, um, what that pitching coach was like has been positive. And yeah, in the Razorbacks website, they put a part of his bio that every stop he's been, he's kind of helped build a contender, and that's not for nothing. Um, that he's able to increase velocity across the staff, which is interesting. Um, Jack says, go get Sonny Gray. Wanted him before he went to New York. Want him more now that his price is lower? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Sonny Gray would kind of slot into that middle of your rotation, though, and cost you prospect. Um, what is he, one year of control left? You'd have to remind me, Jack. But, yeah, I'm... I'd be okay with it, not having studied his numbers. But, I mean, I think when you when I first read that, my instinct was, well, his price is lower for a reason. Um, he hasn't been the same guy. So I don't know. I'm not saying pass, but that name didn't jump out to me. Dave said, what does all this mean for the Good Morning America drills? Dave, I don't know what uh, TK's role will be in that, with that in the future, but do you think uh, – Joe Maurer will fly down to Fort Myers for 10 days and run Good Morning America. Oh, and that leads perfectly into the next question. Will says, you think Joe Maurer will have any role with the Twins? Special assistant, coach, maybe even broadcaster? I think that Joseph Patrick Maurer will have a role with the Twins in some form. I think in year one it will be that ambassador role that Kent Herbeck serves. Um, Tony Oliva does the Spanish broadcasts, but otherwise is sort of like unofficial Twins ambassador. And I've heard him described as the best ambassador the Twins have ever had. So I think Maurer will have a role in some capacity. Coaching staff, I doubt it. Broadcaster, I strongly doubt it. But um, special assistant makes sense. Call him something like that. And then... If he wants to be involved in spring training, that's 
I'm guessing that he gets to punch his ticket. Twins have an open position for a guy like that anytime he would want it. I would guess. That's not coming straight from the Twins, of course. I don't have a great feel for how Rocco Baldelli wants to run spring training yet, but I do think that uh, Joe Maurer, Twins ambassador, makes too much sense not to happen. And then maybe that role evolves over time. I don't. I don't think this will. I don't think he wants like a 60-hour-a-week travel job in his first year away from pro baseball. I think he's sincere when he says he's stepping away um, in part for his health and in part to help raise a young family. John's all-in for Nelson Cruz or any proven impact bat. Bryce Harper's a proven impact bat. Todd says, who's left on the pitching staff now and who's in the minors look like major leaguers? Pitching staff right now, Todd, just to rattle through it quickly, J.O. Barreos at the top, Kyle Gibson, Jake Odorizzi, Michael Pineda. Um, who am I missing? Those four guys for sure. Steven Gonzalez, Adalberto Mejia, Aaron Slagers, Cole Stewart, Zach Littell. Yeah, I thought I was missing somebody who's for sure in – I don't know how, how that's going to roll, but there's going to be some depth conversation to be had there. Um, so minor leaguers who could be major leaguers, it'd be those guys at the back end that I just said. Trevor May should also be in consideration there, but I don't think that uh, he'll be a starter. I think that he's uh, going to be a reliever. Patrick, do you think they'll outbid the Yanks or Phillies for Corbin? I don't think that. John, if we get Bryce Harper, I will never give you a hard time again, LOL. All right. Twins, help me out here. Get John off my back. No, I'm just kidding, John. Um, No, you're fine. I know I've been taking a lot of heat for that everywhere, but my point is aim high. Set your sights high. If you're the Twins, you have every reason to spend a lot of money or a lot in prospects. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Um, cool. I think that'll wrap it up. I'm looking to see if there are any other questions. Yeah, I've got a column coming later today. I'll send out a newsletter. Where it'll have this Marwin Gonzalez stuff, Nelson Cruz, Jerry's Familia. All that stuff will be on it. Um do me a favor. If you're watching on Facebook, check out the Touch Em All podcast. We've got a bunch of episodes posted this week. I think this is our fourth episode that we're recording right now. So more to come next week, too, trying to line up some guests for that. If you're listening on the podcast after the fact, you could do me a favor by either rating the podcast or checking out my Facebook page, Derek Wetmore MLB. And that's plenty of shilling for me. Um, do not love the uh, self-promotion, but I've got to get 10 seconds out to every video. So that's it for this video. Thanks for hanging out in the Q&A while we work through some new software. It'll be better next week. Maybe we'll have a guest for the Friday Q&A. I'm not sure. Next week, I'm guessing we won't. It's Thanksgiving, I'm just realizing. So uh, two weeks from now, maybe we'll have a special guest on the Q&A. Or maybe I'll get my brother to do a Twins Q&A with us or something on Turkey Day, day after Turkey Day. So anyway... That's it for me on this video. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate the support. It's been a crazy good off-season for the Touch Em All podcast in terms of listener support this season. So 
uh, th this winter so far. So thank you, thank you, thank you, times 100. That's it for this show. Thanks. Signing off. See you later. Bye.